Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. He's coming off maybe his signature performance of the season. He missed it. They got to go. It's Payne Johnson for the win. Yes! I should be at 30 right now, to be honest. Oh, Tatum set up the smoke detector. Look at the array of moves. The heavenly performance from Tatum. It certainly felt like a big game walking into this arena. Head blocked by Chris Middleton with the dagger. 44. Walk me through that sequence. Uh, I think that last three was definitely a heat set. Takeover mode to Kolejovic. Here he goes again. Yes! You can't stop it. Four to shoot. Jokic pulls up a prayer. And it's answered. Oh, Nikola Jokic. A potentially pivotal weekend in the NBA has led us to this. With the season ending April 10th, these are the teams that would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. So the Heat, they're at the top of the East by three games. Well, the Suns, they have a super comfortable eight-game lead. That's out West. So a little more than a month left of the regular season remains, and teams are still fighting, right, for positioning and to simply just get in. And, yeah, you might be thinking, oh, there's still a month <laughs> and a half left before the playoffs. Pause. It's going to be here in a blink before you know it. So there's plenty to get you caught up on on NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. I'm Malika Andrews, joined by Ramona Shelburne and Richard Jefferson. In Los Angeles, Kendrick <laughs> Perkins is going to join us from Houston in just a moment. But guys and gal, let's start with a little bit of a fun one. Based on what you saw in this weekend's shenanigans, the team we need to watch down the stretch the most is whom, Richard? Oh, so I got I did double duty because for two did. different reasons. I think it's Brooklyn and I think it's Cleveland for two completely different reasons. With this new Jared Allen injury, he's got a broken uh, middle finger on his left hand. You don't know if they can potentially drop down to six or seven. You don't know. They're, they've been struggling at two and, two and six in their last eight games. Now, imagine this team that's been in the four or five range all season long ends up being number one. Are, are ends up playing the number one seed or the number two seed. Why does that matter? Because if you have to go seven against a team like this and, and you're the number one seed and then potentially you can end up playing uh, uh, in the second round a rested team, that's where these things can start to accumulate and they can start to break you down. All right, so you're watching Boston and you're watching Cleveland. Who are you watching, Ramona? I'm watching Boston. 
Okay, like I know for a lot of years we didn't, only Tim Bontemps watched Boston, right? Every game. Um, <laughs> every. Every game. And I was like, can we not talk about them? They're so frustrating. They are good now, Malika. And they had, they had one of the toughest schedules early on. Then they had an easier schedule, but they've also figured out so many things. Defensively, the way that they use Al Horford to chase down the big on the perimeter and they, that frees up Robert Williams in the middle. I love the way those two, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are playing together. They're rooting for each other. They're supporting each other. They, they have some buy-in. And I dare, dare I say the word? They have some culture that ooh, is forming. They look Ime Udoka that is from, mm. from the Spurs tree. Starting to look like they have something there. I think that team has been rising up the standings, and that is a team you do not want to play in the playoffs. Absolutely not. I heard a voice from beyond coming in saying, mm, that's the voice of Big Perk. Who is the team that you are watching <laughs> down the stretch, Kendrick? Uh, it's, it's them goons from Dade County. Look. Mm. Every time yeah. we talk about the 76ers, we talk about the Phoenix Suns, they're just waiting. The, the, the Miami Heat are just waiting in a dark alley with their ski masks on, ready to <laughs> stick people up. And it, don't, and, and it doesn't matter who is in the lineup. No Kyle, Kyle Larry, no problem. Look, they, they lost against the, to the Milwaukee Bucks by one point, but I must say, the way that they've been handling everybody else for us just – Bam getting back healthy, the way he's destroying people right now, the way he's playing at an all-star level. Kyler Hero, who should be the sixth man of the year coming off the bench, be. doing what he does. And look, they're winning games, and Jimmy Butler hasn't even been playing well. So that's scary in itself. So while we keep looking at all these other favorites, including myself, we just continuously forget about them goons from Dade County. Perk, I'm so glad you went on the limb and said we need to keep an eye on the number one seed. <laughs> I'm really glad you did that. Thanks, Perk. Woo. I appreciate that, man. Woo. Did we all just say yeah, Eastern yeah, Conference yeah, teams, yeah, by the yeah, way? Yeah, yeah, we all we said, all Eastern, said Conference Eastern Conference teams. teams because when you yeah. look over at the Eastern Conference, we mentioned it at the top. The Suns, they have a healthy eight-game uh, lead on the number two seed. The Grizzlies and the Warriors sort of fighting it out for that. But when you look over to the West, it, it's hard not to see the Nuggets as the team that you yeah. have to watch. So from teams to watch to just one man, one player to watch, who is a one-man wrecking crew. Let's show you how Nikola Jokic was in the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Nikola Jokic scored a combined 30 points, 30 points in the fourth quarter and overtime yesterday in a 138-130 <laughs> win against the Pels. He finished with 46, 12, and 11 with four blocks and three steals to boot. And in the fourth quarter in OT, Jokic was 10 of 11 shooting from the field. He's the first player in the last 25 seasons to have 30 points or more in the fourth quarter and OT while shooting also 90% from the field. According to ESPN stats and information, you can see this on your screen, Jokic is the first player in the last 25 seasons with 30 points or more in the fourth quarter and overtime while shooting 90% from the field. The last player to shoot even 80% while scoring 30 in the fourth and OT. That was Kobe Bryant, who had 33 on 85% shooting. That was against the Blazers, and it was 15 years ago. So here's Jokic after his historic performance. I just try to play the same way, to be honest. You know, when I'm on the court, I'm trying to win, no matter what the situation is. I think the boss basketball gods, like, always watching you, and, like, just be true, and just be honest to yourself or to your teammates. MVP, MVP, MVP. Just another reason, example, uh, exhibition of why Nicole is the MVP. 46 points, triple-double, but he has 30 points in the fourth quarter in overtime. 
Uh, and to do it, I think, on 80% shooting. First guy to do it since a guy named Kobe Bryant. All right, so it's the topic du jour. So we have to ask, Richard, mm. is Nikola Jokic now the front runner for MVP after that performance? Well, let me say something really quickly. One, never listen to a coach. A coach is always going to say he's the best player. you got to say that. So there's no stock in that. But when I say it, oh my God. when oh I no. say it, by far, Jokic <laughs> is the man. He is the man, and this is his MVP to lose. I 100%, I know there's going to be the Joel Embiid, the this and that, but Jokic is doing everything for his team. First of all, if we're going to talk about a race between Joel Embiid, watch this swim move. So he's going against a bigger player, right? He gets it on the post, and then his decision-making. He sees the double team. He works his way baseline. You can't foul. Look at the monster dunk. Man's got a 50-inch vertical. I'm just kidding. Does nothing. Watch. He initiates the awful dribble handoff. Double back screen. What does he do? He gets it on the block. You know there's going to be, look, there's five people that are all looking. This man has eyes everywhere, back of his head. Look, he sees it. Terrible job by New Orleans. You can't give up the baseline. What does he do? He takes the baseline. There's nothing you can do against this individual. He has it. Little reverse fillet. Not bad for a 6'11 guy. Then here, taking the post. Double team cut. Off the ball quickly. Off the ball quickly. But this is something that he does that's very, very unique. All of a sudden, he relocates. Relocates and knocks down a three. It is so ridiculous what this individual has been doing and what he's capable of doing. Look at these numbers. Look at the numbers. I'm going to go full Vanna White. You got 30 points. He's 10 for 11. That is 91%. And what do you say? Free throws? He knocked down two free throws to, to put the game into overtime. Then all of a sudden, three point. He doesn't really do it that way, but he breaks it down. This individual is having a better season. He's got more triple doubles right now at this point in time than he did last year in his MVP season. So when we say this, Joel Embiid is balling. All of these guys, DeMar DeRozan, Ja Morant, this MVP is Jokic's to lose. Mm. Not for anybody else to win. It is for his, him to lose. Well, it feels like this season we've had so many conversations. At the beginning of the season, it was like, oh, Steph, far, yeah. far and away. This is why we don't vote for the MVP at the beginning <laughs> of the season. It feels like it's some combination, right, in, in no particular order of Giannis, Jokic, Joel Embiid, Ja, and then maybe DeMar coming in somewhere at yeah. fifth. But fifth seems to me a little bit more up for grabs. It feels weird that we're not talking about anyone from the Phoenix Suns, but Chris Paul's missed yeah. significant time. Devin Booker's missed significant time. And at the same time, we're seeing them still rise. Ramona, you vote for the MVP. Where yeah. do you see this Jokic falling in this conference? You know, the truth is, a couple of weeks ago, I would have said it's Joel Embiid's race to lose. He's done nothing to lose it, though. Yeah. It's just that Jokic has been this good. Well, and he's added help, and Jokic is doing yeah. it as a one-man band. Correct. And so then I come back and I go, wait a minute, wait, wait, how can I be ignoring John Morant? John Morant needs to be in this discussion as definitely part of the top three here in terms of how well he's played but also what he's done for the Memphis Grizzlies. They look like they're going to finish second in the Western Conference. Mm. That's an incredible jump for him. And Giannis, how do you not appreciate what Giannis does every year, year in and year out, greatness every year? And I think he gets taken for granted because of how right. consistent he has been. I think DeMar DeRozan is in that discussion probably fifth right now. But if the Bulls make a run as well, that's why we're, we're not to the end yet. Nope. We don't have to nope. vote yet. I, I I wait until the last day to cast my vote. Okay, so now everybody, let's address a couple things. Ja, Ja is having historic season. Oh, I like the little Ja you put on. Ja, ja. ja. <laughs> but this is the thing. His team, um, they played extremely well without him. When you look at Jokic, when he is off the floor, they are historically True. one of the worst teams 
in NBA history. <laughs> so there is no metric. There is no number. Mm -hmm. There is no graphic. There is nothing that you can come up with that will put any player in a statistical position to be more important to their team than Nikola Jokic. There's, there's not one. We've looked them all up. There's, they can't create them. And it's just then you look at his numbers. He had 30 points in fourth quarter in overtime. <laughs> That's 17 minutes. Somewhere, Zach Lowe has his pom-poms out, and he's yep. like, yes, Richard, yes, Richard. I mean, it, it, Yeah, well, what's Perk doing, though? It's sitting on his bureau. Right. Yes. Okay. Big Perk, well, what do you think about this conversation? Where does uh, Nikola Jokic fall? Here we go. You, you, you know what? He's right there in the conversation, but this is the thing that I, t I told y'all about a month ago that is going to fluctuate, not weekly, but it's going to fluctuate yep. daily. And see, we we forget before the All-Star break when Joel and B went and handed Giannis in Milwaukee 42 and 14 with no James Harden and the win. See, we forget those days. Or we forget things like DeMarcus Cousins with no Jokic, they last game against the Rockets having 31 and whatever he did and them getting the win. I'm not taking anything away from Jokic. I'm just saying this. He's not a clear-cut favorite, nor is Joel B. I think it's going to go down to the wire. John Morant makes a case along with DeMar DeRozan. These last few games of this regular season are going to be key for all those guys I just mentioned to make a case on why they should win it. Now, I will say this. Jokic is the most skilled international player this game has ever seen. Period. When you talk about versatility, when you talk about his passing, when you talk about his footwork, finishing around the basket, his trade ball, he shoot awesome from the free throw line, he got great footwork, everything, he has the complete arsenal. And by the way, he's an underrated defender in the pick and roll. I love what he brings to the table. So I'm not about to get into this MVP conversation Aww. because I told y'all this. You are every other guy. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. But I will give him his credit and say he's the most skilled international player this game has ever seen. More so than Giannis? More so than Hakeem? Dirk? Yes. Dirk? yes. Giannis, I would yeah, say yes. Yeah, wow. Yes. yes. All right. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Those names. I mean, th this was such a crazy weekend. There were so many just jaw-dropping performances that you know it was a monster performance pack weekend if we haven't even got to some of the 50 burgers yet. <laughs> like we, yeah. We've been talking for 12 minutes and still haven't gotten to those. So still to come, Tatum and the Seas, they got the best of Brooklyn yesterday. And afterwards, Kyrie had some interesting words for fans of his former <laughs> team. Was Plus, petty time. Speaking of the East, has the conference officially become the number one seeded Heats to lose? RJ and Perk on that. And you know you can't catch LeBron James' father. Time cannot catch LeBron James. My goodness, we'll dive into his performance via the dubs after this. NBA Today rolls on. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. 
Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. So this weekend gave us a couple of 50 pieces Ooh, and then some oh. hot on the heels of LeBron James scoring 56. It was Jason Tatum's turn to follow that up. So let's head there with the Nets taking on the Celtics in TD Garden. So there you can see him, Jason Tatum. He was cool at 36 points through the third quarter, but in the fourth, that's where he really picked it up. So let's go there. The Celtics, they're down four at this point, but Jason Tatum, it would not last long, Richard. And what I love about this is he is going toe-to-toe with one of the best players in the league. He's going right at KD. And you're going to see this. Everybody gets a piece of this. First of all, it's Claxton. Then watch this in and out, working, working. Having Daniel Thysera helps a ton. And then here, Al Horford out there, KD. Pull up. There is nothing that you can do against Kevin Durant's pull up. It is ridiculous. Here, crossover at top of Jason. Look at this. Look, that, that's just impressive to watch these two stars go toe to toe. And we talk about Jason Tatum. How great is he? How good is he? That's Kevin Durant out there. That crossover, that body check, taking taking it. And what I love is his attack in the paint. It was so impressive. Not to mention, Nicholas Clacton, he has worked on his defensive game, and he has become impressive on that end. It's not easy to beat him. Jason Tatum did. Here's Jason Tatum earlier today. Saturday night, I watched the Lakers play, and I seen LeBron score 56. And obviously, he is the highest standard, right, him and MJ. But... You know, I, I watched that game, and I think the best players, we watch each other play. We see what guys are doing in the league. And to be one of the best, you notice things like that, and you almost try to outdo them. And I think that's the approach I take. And that mentality I took in the yesterday's game is, you know, I just remember I watched LeBron play the night before. All right, so Tatum joined some elite company with his 54-piece on Sunday. He tied our friend Tracy McGrady for the fourth most 50-point games before turning 25. Ooh. The only players ahead of him, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant. Here's mm. Kyrie Irving. I think it's going to be like that. Well, I know it's going to be like that for the rest of my career coming in here. So, uh, you know, it's like the scoring girlfriend, you know, just wants an explanation on why I left, but still hoping for her. You know, text back. And I'm just like, yeah, it's fun while it lasted. I honestly don't know what's better, Kyrie's glasses or Nikola Jokic's <laughs> coat that we saw <laughs> earlier. But the Nets, they may not be in full free fall, but they're at least approaching maybe a terminal velocity here. While Jason Tatum and the Celtics, they just they continue their upward trajectory. So, Richard, I want to start with you here. Which trend is more noteworthy here? The Nets going like this or the Celtics going like that? Well, I think the Celtics going up is more noteworthy, and it's mainly because, you know, you have a first-year head coach. Uh, you know, you're dealing with trying to figure out how to get these guys fully locked in. There was so much trade conversation, not off to a great start, but they are playing their best basketball when their best basketball is needed. Their defense has gone to another level. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are <laughs> quieting any questions that could possibly be out there. So, for me... That is the bigger story because now we're going to see this Boston team that we've seen for the last four, five, six years, basically since Jason Tatum, try and make a run to the conference finals, possibly even further. But they are starting to put it together. And it, as Brett Brown said, right, it's all about how the plane lands on April 10th, and it feels like Boston is landing yep. the plane at the right time. But it also feels like Brooklyn is just not getting it together. Well, how long have we been saying, wait till Kevin Durant gets back? I'm, you know how I feel about this. I'm, wait till Kevin Durant gets back, then, then we'll see. It hasn't I mean he's been great. He's been individually excellent, but it hasn't mattered as much in terms of their success so far. I, I'm with Richard though in terms of I think it's the Celtics on the, in their upward trajectory. They are a scary team, and mm-hmm. when you talk about their defense, 
we didn't show a lot of defensive highlights for the Celtics, okay? Oh, they were but Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they're raising their hands to guard Kevin Durant, too. Mm. And when you have your two best players who are that willing defensively, on a night when, on a night when J- Jason Tatum's going for 54, like for him to go and also be a two-way player, that's why that defense is singing, because you have your two best players buying in on that side of the court. I will say this about Brooklyn, and I know we talked about Kevin Durant and his numbers have been outstanding. Yep. You can see what they are missing right now. What were they missing? They were probably missing a pretty versatile defender. Yep. Now, we don't know when Ben Simmons, and we've been talking about him all, <laughs> all year long, but if you put that man on yeah. that floor, there might be four to six points that come off Jason Tatum's you know, point total because he is one yep. of the best defenders and has been since he arrived in this league. So when you look at if they can get K- KD to do this 35 and what he normally is, if they can get Kyrie to do that, and if you can get, you know, Ben Simmons, and I know we keep talking about all the ifs, yeah. but if you can get him on the floor and he can defend and slow that, that's when they become scary. But right now, there's still a hole missing. There's still a hole missing on their team, and it needs to be filled by the guy they just got. Well, and talking to folks around the Eastern Conference, I do want to bring Big Perk into the conversation, but talking to folks around the Eastern Conference, there's this weird... Teams don't fear Brooklyn, but they don't want to face Brooklyn in an That's round. Called round. Exactly. Yeah. That's called fear. That's called fear. There's this weird sort of dichotomy that's going on there, but I'm looking at the number of games that Brooklyn has left to play, the number that in this moment that Kyrie Irving is still eligible to play in, and thinking about the fact that last year Brooklyn didn't practice. When I was covering the team, Brooklyn did not yeah. practice because they wanted to rest their stars. And yeah. now they're saying, well, we need to use our practice time to gel. So they're working incredibly hard in practice, and they're having to play catch-up on the court. What do you think is the bigger deal here, Perk, the Nets or the Celtics? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Well, I'm going to pull one of RJ's number, and I'm going to go with both for the simple fact that he said, like, to say that you played the game and you know that the Brooklyn Nets only have 17 games left in the regular season, we haven't haven't seen Ben Simmons play since June. We don't know what to expect out of him. And for you to say that, oh, he probably would have made a difference last night. Like, like if you you said he probably would have made a difference last night, it's disturbing because we don't know if he's in basketball shape. We don't know what his workload on his legs is going to be. Now, when we talk about the Boston Celtics, yes, their defense has been oppressive. Robert Williams is a top 10 center in the NBA, but Jason Tatum, especially over this home stretch, when you look at who's the, who they played mm-hmm. against, they went against the Atlanta Hawks. He won that matchup against Trey Young with the win. Then John Morant comes into town. Jason Tatum won that matchup against him with the dub. Then all of a sudden, KD comes into town. Yeah. He wins that individual matchup with the dub. So when I'm looking at Jason Tatum, I tweeted this. He is starting to give me those Paul Pierce vibes, Mm. protecting the garden, protecting his house. When other superstars come into Boston, he's saying, you're not going to show up in here and outperform me. And what the Celtics are doing right now, they're establishing a home court identity and they're establishing an atmosphere that when playoff comes around, you don't want to come 
into Boston. So I love what Jason Tatum is doing. I love what Ime Udoka is doing. Robert Williams, Grant Williams, all across the board. They got rid of the guys they didn't need. They picked oh. up Derek White, they and the Celtics are rolling. Yeah. Oh, like I mean, Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> I just wanted you to say it. Don't, he just I don't, wanted don't you to, to stay petty so you don't have I, I, to get petty. Don't I, even I, say I, it. There's no subliminals here. Only direct shots, bro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Say, yeah. Say, say, Keep that same yeah. energy when I get to the studio oh, okay. tomorrow. Okay. Oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, it's a buffet. We'll be fine. All right. I need to start preparing for that right now. All right. Still ahead on NBA Today. You know Jason Tatum was watching LeBron. We just heard him say it. We were watching him too. But how sustainable is this version of the king? We'll discuss in a bit. I want to see. Meanwhile, WNBA star Brittany Griner is still in Russia after being detained since February. Customs officials at a Russian airport claim they found vape cartridges with hashish oil in Griner's luggage. Now, possession of the oil is a crime in Russia, punishable by up to 10 years in prison. And Griner, like many WNBA players, was playing basketball in the country during the offseason. Now, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said Sunday the United States will, quote, provide every possible assistance to citizens who are being held in foreign countries. The U.S. State Department reissued a do not travel advisory on Saturday, warning Americans against traveling to Russia in the wake of the conflict in Ukraine. And the Red Cross is providing humanitarian relief in response to the crisis in Ukraine. If you would like to help support and donate, please visit redcross.org ESPN. NBA Today will be back after this. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. All right, shifting to an L.A. superstar, LeBron James. He put on a show against the Warriors Saturday night. He dropped a, let me see if I do this right, Perk, hot and spicy 56 points. And that's his highest scoring game ever mm-hmm. with the Lakers. And he rallied from a 14-point deficit to defeat the Warriors. Desperation. I mean, uh... Got a four-game losing streak. Obviously, our season been up and down, but uh, I would say desperation inspiring. We playing inspired basketball uh, versus a really good team. And we needed this win for sure. Right now, I don't give a damn about the 56. I'm just happy we got a win. I, that's just literally the first thing that came to my mind. Um, you know, and we needed you know pretty much all of them. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, so the win, it snapped a Lakers four-game losing streak. Ramona, you were in the building yep. and witnessed this vintage LeBron performance live. So I feel like you can't sustain 56-point performances, right? But do you think he can sustain this sort of effort and, I'm asking it again, propel L.A. into the playoffs. Play in, yes. <laughs> playoffs, not sure. Um, I have two rules when it comes to LeBron James, and now they're at odds with each other. Mm. My first rule is never count LeBron James out. His last year in Cleveland, I oh, said sign. I will never, ever, ever count a LeBron James team out after witnessing him take the Cavs to the finals that year. Um, 
But now with this Lakers team, I will never say that anything is a turning point or means anything. <laughs> they are just as likely to go out and lose to the Spurs tonight as they are to lose by 30. I mean, or to win by 30. I mean, I, I think they are, he is the one con- consistent performer for this team all year. Um, and it was quite the show, Malika. I'm telling you that when he got it going in that fourth quarter and hit the three straight threes, that crowd, I mean, it felt like a playoff game in there, even though yeah. you had two teams that were really struggling. I, I was in Milwaukee. I turned on the TV, though, and it was just like, oh, my gosh, why aren't I in the building right now? <laughs> Big perk. What, what do you yep. think? Can he sustain this sort of effort? Where, where do the Lakers go from here? Well, one thing about it, I think he's shown us all. I think he's shown us all that that he can sustain it at any level. He's done it all season long. Look, he's number three in scoring right now for his averages uh, twenty what twenty eight, twenty nine points 29. a game. So it does it doesn't surprise me, but. I mean, look, here's the thing about LeBron James, right? He takes such good care of his body. We already know that. uh, Richard and I both were in the locker room with him to witness what he puts his body through on a day-to-day basis. So when it comes down to him being 37 years old and year 19, uh, did the 56 surprise me? Absolutely not, because one thing about it is is that he's mastered the game of basketball, meaning he knows how to pick his spots. And when his trade ball is falling, he's unstoppable. But his team is just not that good. But we've seen him on not that good teams before, Richard. No, not like this. <laughs> not like this. We have never. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No. Keep it rolling. Are you okay? I'm good. Yeah. I'm as good as I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We have never seen this like this. And understand, LeBron James has had a historic offensive season. He's had one of the best offensive seasons he's ever had. We're saying this about LeBron James. He's either number one or number two greatest player of all time. And he's having his best offensive season he's had in a decade. So what does that tell you? That means that when he was going for 25-plus in 24 straight games and they were still losing, that means that his greatness is not having an impact on the game of basketball the way it should, the way it always has since he was 14. So ultimately, when you look at this team, they're missing too many things. Can he go and go 35 every night and get him in the play-in? But we saw last year, up 2-1 against the Phoenix Suns, it's not going to be enough. Your reward is going to be a healthy Golden State or a healthy Phoenix I'm sorry. Those those are the two teams. Those are the two teams that everyone's looking at as like probably top five to win a championship. So if you roll out there with like a great LeBron James, a a half healthy Anthony Davis, and then a rest of the squad that is either struggling or trying to still figure it out in game 83. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. In so many words, the answer is no. Okay. He's going to pass Carl Malone in a couple of games. (laughs) That's what we should focus on. Number two overall. And we will. When the day comes, that's (laughs) That's what we're going to be the highlight. It's a Monday. I've got brightly colored shirt on. I'm with you. That's what they should focus on. It's a Monday. All right. Well, it's a Monday, and I have a dark colored shirt on. When we return on NBA Today, we are going global. Mark Spears, he joins us from Senegal to talk all things basketball, Africa League, the BAL. Stay tuned. (laughs) People assume they can't afford great insurance, but State Farm has surprisingly great rates that fit any budget. Just like they assume our analysts carefully craft their opinions before each show. So how do you do it? Another banger. You done it again, Pert.
The shot clock isn't real. Time is an illusion. Tune into the NBA on ESPN, presented by State Farm. You're watching NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Let's go! What an awesome treat we've got for you now. Welcome back to NBA Today. ESPN's senior NBA writer for Anscape, Mr. Mark Spears. He joins us from Senegal to talk all things Basketball Africa League, the BAL. So welcome, Mark. I want to just jump right into it here because it's Africa's premier men's basketball league. What's the atmosphere like? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Think of HBCU band gone crazy. It, it certainly was the most amazing atmosphere that I've ever been in. You got people in uniforms dressed up as lions, dressed up in native garb, and they're performing and singing and dancing 30 minutes before the game. And then for the entire game, they take mm. half time off. And so you hear these horns and, and it's just it's just amazing. And then the game's over and they don't go home. <laughs> And they, <laughs> and then they continue dancing and singing and having a good time for another half an hour. So uh, it, it was uh, heartwarming. They've been trying to get this off the ground with fans for two years. And to finally see what it's like here in Senegal with fans was certainly one of the more incredible experiences I've had in all my years as a journalist. That's awesome. So, so what does NBA legend Dikembe Mutombo mean to this league and, and even bigger picture, the continent as a whole here? Well, speaking of dancers, there was no one bigger than the 7-2 dancer. And he was dancing with the crowd after the game, having a great time. And he turned to me and he goes, Mark, I'm home. I'm home. And he, he that everywhere he goes in Africa and everywhere he was going in the car, people were just telling him, thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Because he's done so much as an ambassador for that country. In 91, when he was drafted, David Stern uh, basically said, let me go to Africa with you. And he went with him. Yeah. And they've ultimately helped build the arrival of the Basketball Africa League. And uh, Dikembe has built hospitals here. He's built a bridge basketball-wise. And he's the greatest ambassador that the NBA has in terms of uh, Africa. So what is the future of the BAL when it comes to growth and expansion here? Well, uh, they'd like to get it in more cities. Uh, this season, they're going to play games in Rwanda, uh, in Egypt, and, and obviously in Dakar. Uh, they'd like to go to Kenya, and they'd like to go to 
Nigeria soon, but they just don't have the arenas that these other places have. South Africa does. And I think their goal is to just drive better infrastructure within the country for the game of basketball. Like I was told, yeah, there might be a court, but there's no coaches. So basketball has a long way to go in much of this country, but the NBA feels like um, you know, the future is bright. Absolutely. Well, before we let you go, I just want to take a, a quick look at this picture that you sent me. <laughs> what are you trying to do to me, Mark? Because I, I want to be there. Well, what's going on here? What dish do I need to try? Well, you know, they got the spiny lobster. We mm. have that spiny lobster. That was amazing. Uh, there's jumbo shrimp there. there there's the fish wallop. Uh, I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, and, and, and because you're such an amazing host, I had to come and take away from my uh, eating uh, the fish and the shrimp and the lobster that they just got out of the ocean. Come speak to you. And oh, the, the barbecue's next. Oh. We haven't even got to the barbecue uh, chicken yet. I haven't even gotten to the that, barbecue chicken. That, that was chicken. on the grill. Some special, special, you know, back home, you go to Everett and Jones. This is a different level than what we grew up on. I mean, I love Everett and Jones. You, you have Louisiana roots, so I know you know a little <laughs> something about some shellfish and some barbecue. Mark Spears, thank you so much. I won't keep you from your banquet any longer. Really appreciate you joining us here on NBA Today. All right, from one of the NBA's best defensive centers of all time in Dikembe to one of the game's premier shot blockers now, Jared Allen, and the news, not good for Cleveland. He left yesterday's game with what was then reported as a bruised quad, but we have reporter Richard Jefferson joining us now. So what's the latest on Jared Allen that you've heard? Reporter, well... People in, uh, people in the organization are saying he's got a fractured middle finger on his left hand. And why this is so important is that because if he misses a substantial amount of time and they've been hovering in the six, they've really been hovering in the four or five all season long. So this is a legitimate high level team. But if he drops, if they're uh, the Cavs, excuse me, drop to the seven or eight spot. Now, all of a sudden, and this is why these things are important. An injury today can affect the postseason, not because his team drops, but imagine if they were to play Miami in the first round, one versus is eight. And let's say that Miami hypothetically had to go six or seven and had to really grind it out against a quality Cavs team. Now, let's say the second round, you're playing against, let's say, maybe a rested Milwaukee, Milwaukee or a rested Philly. You don't know who you're playing against, mm. but ultimately that's where these things can start to build up. Now you get a high-level team that falls down just a game or two. They're in that eighth spot. Now all of a sudden the road and path gets a lot harder for teams that are hovering in that one and two spot. Well, and Jared Allen, when he was playing with the Cavs. I mean, that is a tough team to beat. So now, what are they going to need to do? We don't know exactly how long he is out for, but with this time that he misses. And there is no disrespect to Jared Allen, but this is what makes this Cavs team so special. They have the rookie in the year in Evan Mobley, and he's been having an outstanding season. Then they still have Laurie Markkinen. Then on top of that, they got Kevin Love coming off their bench and absolutely balling. So they're not missing size. They're not missing death. It's just one of those guys that they're getting 30 and 18 or 19 between the two, him and Evan Mobley. So they will be able to withstand this, but it still is tough because they're one of the few teams that was able to play big and big consistently. And outkick their coverage. They are so much farther along than anyone sort of projected them to be this season. But we are not done talking about the Eastern Conference because still ahead, the East, it has no shortage of MVP candidates. Can one of the men you see pictured here lead their team to stealing the one seed from the Miami Heat? Our producer, Hillary Guy, hopes not. Stay tuned. Plays on FaceTime. Squad ain't with me today. 
This is NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Welcome back to NBA Today. So after falling to Miami on Saturday, the Sixers will host the Bulls tonight as Chicago looks to avoid their season-high fifth straight loss. So we now welcome in Tim Bontemps, who is in Philadelphia. And Tim, the Sixers, they recently added some front court depth, signing DeAndre Jordan off of the buyout market. And, and DJ spoke this morning at Sixers shoot-around. What did he have to say? Well, he said Malika essentially what our agent Orjanowski reported last week when he said the Sixers were interested in signing him and that he saw an opportunity to play a lot here in Philadelphia after the trade that saw Andre Drummond go to Brooklyn in the Ben Simmons-James Harden deal, left a vacancy in the backup center spot for Philly, and also was a chance for him to reunite with a bunch of people he's familiar with from his past. Obviously, he spent seven years playing with Doc Rivers as his coach with the Los Angeles Clippers. He also was teammates with Tobias Harris with the Clippers, and he played last season with James Harden with the Brooklyn Nets, who he said might be the single best player in the league at setting up easy shots for his teammates. Now, when I asked DeAndre what happened with the Lakers and what led to his decision to leave or his being released last week, he said with a smile that he enjoyed his time there, but that he both saw this as a chance for him to play more mm. and to advance a little farther in the playoffs, which I thought was a little bit of a shot at his former team, which I thought was interesting. But overall, he was very happy to be in a new situation. He'd only played in five games with the Lakers since Christmas. He's clearly going to get an opportunity, I think, to play more than that. And he says he's excited for a fresh start. Well, the 76ers, they desperately needed a backup center. And there is that familiarity with James Harden as well. But Jordan and the Sixers, they have some tough sledding ahead here. 11 of their next 12 games are currently against teams that are in the playoff picture. So what will Philly find out about themselves over this next stretch here, Tim? I think what we're going to find out about this team, Malika, is whether their massive strengths or massive weaknesses are going to be the thing that wins the day against the better competition in the league. Now, we've seen through these first few games against teams like Minnesota and the Knicks and even the Cavs that Philly's offense can overwhelm teams like that. But when they're playing a team like tonight, when they play Chicago, when they play Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on Thursday, when they play teams like Denver and Milwaukee and the, and the Phoenix Suns later this month, we'll see if the, some of the issues they have defensively, the perimeter defense, their lack of guys to really go up against some of the elite wing players in the league, and even at times their streaky perimeter shooting, and as we just talked about, this backup center spot, which has already been a problem with Paul Millsap kind of struggling to fill in for uh, Andre Drummond since the trade. It's going to be interesting to see how those things shake out because we know what the strengths are, and the strengths are James Harden and Joel Embiid can put up the kind of offense that can beat any team on a given night. So I'm really excited to see the games that they have coming up starting tonight, and obviously this game Thursday against the Nets to see which side of that equation wins out because it's going to be a big part of determining just how far the Sixers team can go. Absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch this shake out. Tim Bontemps, thank you so much. All right, there is so much time left for things to sort of shake out a little bit in the Eastern Conference playoff picture with well under 20 games left to go. So Tim touched on Philly. I was in Pfizer Forum this weekend, and man, the duo of Chris and Giannis, they looked scary. And then the Heat, they have a three-game lead over the rest of their competition, and they have more help on the way with Kyle Lowry, who missed the last couple of games for personal reasons. He's returning. And then two-time All-Star Victor Oladipo's return to the lineup is imminent. So Richard, I have to ask you, looking at all of this, can anyone catch the heat at the top 1, of the 1,000%. I, like, I don't think the Celtics can. I think they're going to run out of time even though they're playing great basketball. Ultimately, it falls to the Bulls, the Bucks, and the 76ers. Those three teams, you're talking about three, three and a half games with 15. Like This thing in 10 games could look completely different. So when I look at the Miami Heat, are they one of the toughest, most disciplined, deepest teams in the Eastern Conference? 100%. But things can get very weird as you're talking about the defending champions. One of the 
best stories in the league in the Chicago Bulls. And the 76ers just got another Hall of Famer on their team. And my one question about 76ers, the one question was, could Tyrese Maxey play right. off the ball? He's been balling. The last question is the depth. They have absolutely no depth, and that could become an issue come postseason. Well, and that's one of the reasons they signed DeAndre Jordan. Let's see how he fits in that system. All right, still to come. How much worry should the Warriors fans have at this point when we return in 60 seconds? We'll ask our crew where the dubs will finish in the standings. Stay tuned. Boom, boom, boom. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. All right, here's our slate tonight. A few interesting games. The Bulls visiting the Sixers. Two red-hot teams, Jazz and Mavs, are playing. Lakers visit the Spurs. Greg Popovich still one win away from tying Don Nelson for the most by an NBA coach in NBA history. Most wins, that is. So back here with Richard, Ramona, and Big Perks. The Warriors are resting... Everyone. Pretty much everyone, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tonight as they travel to Denver to make up a canceled game from December 30th. So with a month and some change left in the season, which seed do you ultimately see the Warriors landing at? Perk, I want to start with you. I see them, I see them being the third seed. I see yeah. Memphis passing them up for the sixth seed. I mean for the second seed. But look, are the Warriors trying to to pick their spots right now? Like, I, they're looking at the Lakers right now. They're resting everybody tonight. Do they want to finish third? Are they trying to avoid the war, uh, the Lakers in the first round? That's, I, 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 I'm curious about that right now. No, they're not. No one's trying to avoid the Lakers. If any team could play the Lakers every single game for the rest of the season, they would probably sign up for it. This is what I'm going to say about the Warriors. I do believe, even though Ja Morant, they let me down, and I did not, I'm joking when I say let me down, that loss to Houston, that's tough. These are the losses that when you look back on it, whether yep. you're the second seed or the third seed, guys, we rooting for you out here in Memphis. I think you guys can accomplish great things. You can't have those types of losses. They know that. And I think those type uh, of losses was, actually make Memphis back better. To back. Oh, hush. And it's against a team that lost 12 in a row. Don't make excuses, big fella. Uh, anyway, anyway, back to, back, so. back to my so irrelevant point. My thing is this. I think the Warriors will ultimately probably be the three seed because I think they're going to focus on their health getting down to the stretch where I think Memphis is going to try and finish strong. Yeah, I, I think they lock in at the three seed, although there is a chance they can fall all the way to four. And right. that four or five matchup is is a little dicier for them. But I think they end up in the three seed. They're going to get Draymond Green back soon, but we've been saying that for a while. Malika, the, the, the bigger problem is the Warriors on Saturday night, the team that you saw against the Lakers, they look like the 2021 Warriors, where it was Steph Curry versus everyone. Mm. They're predictable on offense. They you can If you key on Steph, you can shut them down. They're not getting much from the numbers. There's no strength there. There's just numbers. <laughs> right. Um, they need to find the rest of the team, not just Draymond. Well, but at the beginning of the season, we were talking about this team as the strength in numbers team. Yep. Uh, look, there's so many similarities. 2015, this yep. team. But my question is, even if they do fall to three, right, mm -hmm. or even to four, considering what you mentioned, Ramona, the last two seasons, wouldn't that still kind of be considered a success for them? I mean, I, I know fans still think yeah. back, but but that that's sort of my question. We'll get into that tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us. For me, Ramona, Richard, Big Perk, Tim, Mark, we'll see you.